I cannot wait for you to hear this one. This conversation was so impactful and I've honestly come away from it just feeling with such high energy and in such a good space that you need to listen to this honestly. I was joined by Pippa, I am Pippa May underscore on Instagram and she is a relationship and dating coach and I've never related to someone so much in terms of her experiences, her breakthroughs, her healing and when you listen to it you'll realise how mature and how insightful her impact is and the things she shares with you is just incredible and head over to her Instagram, I'm going to leave it in the bio and yeah, her main aim is to help single women build their self-worth so that they can attract their soulmate and we talk all about anxious attachment styles, we talk about healing from past relationships, we talk about how how important communication is, we talked about so many things and I just cannot wait for you to listen to this one, so leave me a review, give me a follow and share this with someone who needs it because I know that you guys are going to love this, let's jump straight into it. Hi Pippa, how are you? I'm good thanks how are you doing? Yeah I'm really good thanks I'm so excited to have you on today I absolutely love your profile and what you're all about and I think you're in such a good niche and I've already introduced you but do you just want to summarize what you're all about and what your passion is with your business? Yeah totally well thank you so much for having me I'm super excited as well so I am a dating and relationship coach and I help single women to build their self-worth so that they can attract in their soulmate Um, and I also work with women to improve their current relationships as well but predominantly it's single women who are looking to attract love into their life and I just love it so much. (laughs) Your towers will go through I'll literally be like so excited. (laughs) Oh that is so nice so like what made you want to be a dating coach because it is very different like I haven't seen many of them but obviously I think it's such a good thing for both single women and women in relationships so what made you want to be a dating coach in the first place? Totally so yeah well really when I started coaching I didn't know I was going to end up being a dating coach it wasn't like it it wasn't like I fell into it but I kind of like I fell into it so um a bit of background I studied psychology at university I then went on to work in corporates and then I decided I wanted to shift so about two years ago I decided to get a diploma in transformational life coaching um, which is very pure form of coaching and then as I started doing this I got my diploma I started working with clients I kind of knew I only wanted to work with women I think that's just who I connect to better um, and who I want to serve and I noticed that all my clients were coming to me were mostly talking about dating and relationships so for some reason my energy was already kind of putting that out there and attracting that in Mm. and then I started working with a business coach the first business coach I'd ever worked with and basically she was like 
who are you like who are you working with like who are you targeting like what's important to you and we ended up doing this like massive piece around self-reflection and I realized that the reason why all these women were coming to me is because I was them in some way I you know about five years prior I experienced the same challenges that they were experiencing and I went on to have a journey of about you know three four I mean the journey of self-development just mm. as ongoing as we know but there was like three or four years after I left university where I was like I am going to change my life because I was pretty depressed I had poor eating habits but the worst thing that was going on for me was my relationship with men like I was in so many toxic relationships situationships I you know I wasn't treated well I made a lot of um mistakes I went for the wrong people and I basically always wanted a boyfriend yeah <laughs> I always wanted a fairy tale as yeah. uh, young as like 12 12 years old um now I have an issue with the term fairy tale but mm. that's what I wanted I wanted um I just wanted that love and I wanted mm -hmm. that you know even now I think like my biggest drivers is to have a family and mm -hmm. you know these are things that are really important to me and I wasn't able to get there so I think after I was doing the self-reflection it made me realize like actually the women who were coming to me are me a few years ago mm -hmm. and it just kind of snowballed from there and you know I'm so grateful that I saw that business coach and I'm so grateful um that I had those experiences in my past because honestly like I could not imagine coaching anything else really? like for me this is just yeah this is just the most you know this is the most important work yeah. um and yeah I'm so passionate about it I love it sorry that was very long-winded <laughs> no that's fine I love hearing about it and obviously it's something that means a lot to you and um, because you've come from a place of these work these clients is you that many years ago so you kind yeah. of know like the step-by-step -step things and the tools that they need and that change in mindset that they need and I think as a coach it's so good to come from a place that things that you've already experienced so you can actually speak through empathy and understanding rather than coming from a position of like being in the same place as them so I think that's amazing um I also in when I was like I was like when I go to uni I'm gonna find my prince charming I'm gonna like settle <laughs> down and fall in love like my uni experience was like not like that at all like no. <laughs> situationships it was guys being like I'm not ready like I like you like I love hanging out with you but oh I'm not God. ready for relationship and I was just like it was time and time again yeah. but looking back now that was a few years ago and it I was at a time when I didn't have that self-worth I didn't really know who I was I kind of just like you said I kind of just wanted someone and rather than actually thinking is this person right for me what yeah. qualities do I want in someone and you know asking yourself those questions and totally. the relationship I'm in now is only because I have asked myself those questions I found my independence I love my own company and that's the only time when I've had like an actual healthy relationship. I think this is probably my first healthy relationship, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, the relationship I'm in now, I've been together with my partner for nearly four years and we own a home together. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, this is my first healthy relationship yeah. without a doubt. And it was in that like kind of what you were saying. It was in that that time, that period that I dedicated to working on myself. And like I know that this sounds so cliche, 
<laughs> it's like work on yourself to attract your dream partner it's not mm. exactly like that but you cannot attract someone who's going to be right for you if you don't know who you are yeah. you don't love who you are and you don't know what you deserve mm. you know you need all of those elements to be able to say yes I want that no I don't want that yes I deserve more than that no like I'm not gonna shag some fuck boy yeah. <laughs> like who's gonna hurt my feelings tomorrow because you know and I come from a place of zero judgment because yeah. I did I made all these mistakes mm. because I wanted and craved love and the only reason I was craving it so much is because I wasn't giving it to myself like I wasn't meeting any of my own needs so I kept looking externally which is why this inner work is so so important yeah and looking back on all those experiences of those years of like heartbreak and I was just like why me I had that like why me mindset I was like why does this keep happening to me and like why am I looking around and all my best friends are in like these like long-term relationships but looking back now like in hindsight all those years had to happen and I spent a lot of time in solitude and being single and I chose to do that and I did a a lot of like self-exploration I did lots of solo traveling then it was through those moments that I did the inner work and I know we all bang on about inner work but it literally is it's it's life-changing and it is it's the tool to it all and I can imagine that's what you talk about with your clients and I think a couple of years ago my self-esteem was really low so how important do you think it is how important do you think self-esteem is when it comes to dating and also being in a relationship I think it is the number one thing that you need to cultivate. I call it self-worth and um, I talk about self-worth and self-esteem because they're slightly different. So self-esteem is more based upon like your ability to do something. So like you can have high self-esteem at like dating, for example, but self-worth is like, for me, it's like this deep inner knowing that you are lovable, that you're enough, that you're worthy of the love that you desire and I think without it what happens and what we've kind of both spoken about in our past or what happened with me was I settled for not settled in the sense of like I went with someone who wasn't quite right I went with people who treated me like I was nothing like I even had um, one relationship which lasted a few months which was pretty emotionally abusive and in that like I can clearly see now that's because I was so desperate to be loved because my self-worth was so low that I was like yeah fuck it like I'll just sorry I keep swearing (laughs) I hope that's okay okay Um, good um and like I am my self-worth was so low so it's about being able to say no like one of the most powerful things is to be able to say no to what you don't want in a relationship and you cannot say no unless you believe that you deserve you deserve more Mm. and you know it's also like your energy like think about the people you know it's quite an easy exercise to think about people you know who have high self-worth you know they're more magnetic they're more um confident they're easier they're better communicators they're better partners because they're more secure in themselves Mm. so it really is it's just for me it's just the most important thing like once you've nailed that self-worth piece that relationship with yourself piece you're going to be in such an amazing position to treat uh, to attract in the right person um 
because that's what it's about it's not about having you know not anyone can get a boyfriend but you can find people who aren't going to be right for you that's the easy part the part where the magic happens is finding that that right person and that person who's going to love you for the long term and really you know create that kind of life story with you Mm. um and that definitely comes from self-worth and you said there about saying no and kind of not lowering your standards so I know boundaries is obviously a big part of relationships like how do you set boundaries within your relationship and how do you communicate them totally well I think boundaries is just it's so important and it's one of those words that like I find clients sometimes come to me I've had in the past be like I keep seeing people talk about boundaries I'm like what does that mean and boundaries are almost like conditions or rules like without the heaviness of those words but that you put on your kind of self for your for you to take in order for you to take care of yourself so a boundary might look like um you know I'm not going to settle for someone who is inconsistent or like you know gives me mixed messages that could be your boundary that you create within yourself or it might be for example within your relationship boundary might even be like you know, we have, um, you know, three nights alone this week, yeah. time apart to be by ourselves. That could be a boundary that you need. Yeah. Or, or it might be something different. It might be a boundary around the opposite. It might be right, okay, we're committing to, you know, a minimum of two date nights a month or whatever's kind of feasible for you. Mm-hmm. You can set boundaries almost like... In, <sighs> they're there to kind of protect what you need so like one that I had with my partner kind of recently and it's not been going so well (laughs) if I'm totally honest at the moment because he's got loads of work stuff on and it's super busy but he when he started a new job we weren't spending as much time together so we kind of said right we're going to have a day Sundays you know each week to have quality time that's like my love language so I need that and the past few weeks has kind of gone out the window because of kind of commitments Mm. that's fine it's temporary but we've literally tonight spoke about we we're going to bring that back and we're going to reinstate that kind of boundary or condition because that's what helps our relationship thrive Um, and for me to feel secure and for me to feel loved I you know I, I need that time together so that's a kind of a boundary that you can have um if you're thinking about kind of boundaries within yourself, within your self-care or whatever it might be, it might, or even within your friendships or whatever it is, it might be something like, you know, if you're feeling really run down, choosing to not go for a night out with your friends, that could be a boundary that you're setting with yourself in order to basically benefit your higher, like your, your, it's almost like, what boundary is going to make you feel better in the long run or improve your relationship in the long run or or get you closer to the relationship you desire in your long in the long run Mm. yeah it's really true and I think also communicating that to your partner as well like I have some personal boundaries and in past relationships I'd always find it hard to communicate that without because I'd feel like because I'm like a very caring and like 
compassionate person I don't I don't want to let anyone down and in my head I was like if I was to communicate a boundary and saying no to someone that would be letting them down but it's actually not it's actually protecting you and the relationship and it's actually looking after yourself um and I think when people struggle to set boundaries it's because they have low self-worth and they don't have so I think they're very intrinsically linked and I was actually reading a book um just about boundaries and I was listening to this podcast and it, it was really interesting um so it's really interesting to hear your thoughts as well on that I see um on your profile you talk a lot about um dating like anxiously so what's your advice for women who feel slightly anxious when they date or in a relationship totally um so boundaries are going to be really powerful if you're someone who has um anxiety when you're dating or in the early stages of relationship or in a relationship in general so kind of going back to so I have some level or like I've worked so much on myself now that not so much but I have some level of like anxious attachment style which I'm sure we're going to go into in a minute Mm -hmm. within me so when I was dating and this is again why I'm so passionate about it um even in the current relationship I'm in which is the right person for me I felt a lot of anxiety I didn't know where we were going I needed a lot of reassurance I wanted to predict the future I felt preoccupied by the person a lot I felt you know I was checking my phone a lot like in the past um I'm actually gonna write (laughs) an email on this tonight Mm. I remember one night I was seeing this guy on and off for three years and we were supposed to be going on a date in the next couple days and I literally couldn't sleep because I was waiting for a text back like I was so preoccupied that's the only way but with people who have that sort of level of anxiety in dating they are constantly thinking they can't you know they struggle to think um away from it they can you know as we call it like losing yourself and love yeah so boundaries are really important there even for that example the boundary could have been for me right I'm putting my phone outside my room so there's like you know that I'm doing that I'm going to combat my anxiety by doing that because that's going to stop my behavior um another really powerful thing to do is to um think about people in your life who are really secure who don't suffer with that anxiety and think about how they respond how they think how they feel and then it's also about kind of acknowledging it I'm never someone who's like just push it down because you know we're humans things come up like I still have moments of anxiety that come up you know I'm not going to pretend otherwise but you need to be compassionate you need to approach that anxiety with love and then you need to start thinking like okay if I was feeling secure how would I respond how would I think what would I feel how would I process this situation and um in that sort of way and then there's other like there's a lot more strategies but it's self-worth as well remembering that you know regardless of what happens with this person that you will still have you and that's the most important relationship you have Mm. you need to nurture yourself take care of yourself do the things that you love um a powerful one as well I feel like there's so much um which is why I'm doing a whole masterclass on it but it's leaning into your kind of feminine energy in the sense that allowing someone to demonstrate how much they care about you and allow them to show you um and that's really important because you know there's less second guessing then you can lean back you can lean back and be like right I'm going to receive and see what how this person shows up that can help reduce anxiety um 
that's something I did with one of my clients recently and she was like this is literally the calmest I've ever felt dating she was Mm -hmm. seeing someone and it was just because she was letting him plan the dates yeah and wasn't trying to control it at all Mm. um and then the final which is like such a big thing I mean there's so much but I'm like I literally could talk for like 10 hours on this (laughs) so the final thing is that communication piece like the best way to combat your anxiety whether it's in your relationship whether it's the person you're dating is to communicate honestly and vulnerably your feelings because then you can know where you stand and an example kind of which is like communication and boundaries in my own life currently that I do just to make it like relatable is for example and um as I mentioned earlier, some levels of like anxious attachment. Mm. If my partner goes on a big night out, I like to be texted, even if I'm asleep, just little yeah. updates. I'm not saying be on your phone the whole time, but just mm. like, if you're on your way home, just in case I wake up, let me like yeah. kind of roughly know what you're doing, where you're at. Mm. And that's because otherwise I'll go into like, not even, <laughs> not even like worried about, I don't even know what it is I'm worried about. It's just anxiety. It's, you know, is he okay? Is he safe? It's all of those yeah. sorts of things. Um, and that was a boundary that I put in place mm. in my relationship. And I communicated that to him that I needed that when he went out. It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a massive thing. And that was a boundary that we put in place. And tying this all back to the self-worth piece, I was communicating this with one of my clients not long ago. And she was like, oh, really? Like, did that not come across really needy or like, you know, whatever. And I was like, no, because I deserve to have someone who understands that this is important to me and that I need that reassurance and I don't need, you know, loads of it. I just need like a little simple effort here and there. That's going to make me feel a lot better. It's really interesting you say those, those two things because the exact same thing happened with me and my boyfriend with, if he goes on a night out, which he doesn't do much anyway, but I said to him, like, I do like it to know that you're safe and everything. And like when he's kind of leaving it, and it doesn't come across as needy, but it, if someone respects you and respects your boundaries and loves yeah. you, they should respect that. And if you just have like an adult conversation, it doesn't come across in a certain way and they shouldn't get defensive about that, just about that it doesn't have to be like a really formal discussion but just to say oh like I do like it when you text me and then if you if you communicate to someone and put that point across they know like we think boys can like read minds but they can't I know and I think a lot of us are like oh like he should know what I'm thinking he doesn't know like and I've realized that in this relationship like I need to tell him and then he knows so like when he buys me flowers I said I really like it when you buy me flowers and then like now he knows and he does it more and I'm just like do you know what I mean communicating what you like communicating what you don't like I think communication is absolutely everything communication 100% like and it really is the antidote to so much stress anxiety conflict even if you think about it in a dating sense like if you're able to communicate you know, if you're someone who's got self-worth and you want a relationship and you can then communicate to potential partners like, yeah, longer term, I'm looking for a relationship. Yeah. That is going to weed out so much, so much noise, um, yeah. people who aren't interested. And that's going to get you closer to what it is that, 
that you do want and attracting that partner you do want so yeah communication is everything exactly and I think open communication from the start is really important like when I met my partner from the start we both said we are kind of looking for something a bit more serious we're not looking just to have something casual and I think we literally had that conversation pretty much at the end of our first date because like we just had this connection and then from that point we just both we both knew where we stood it was very clear and for the first time that communication just paved the way for like just such a healthier relationship than being confused like oh is he dating someone else does he still have dating apps you know just like asking asking him a question or him asking you and just having that conversation I think is so important like early on as well 100% and I feel like you know I look back to like four years ago and I had done so much healing work but if I could have gone back and you know actually I wouldn't change anything because then I wouldn't be where I was today but that was my biggest hurdle Mm. but I remember after dating we dated for two or three months before we decided to be like serious yeah Um, and I remember when the conversation did come up around it in my head because my self-worth was high because of all that healing work and mind work I did um I literally said wow this is what I want and if I'm not getting it we're done sort of thing and Mm. I was so black and white and I was so ready to be you know I was so ready to risk being rejected because for me it was more important that I got what I want then I wasted any more time with someone who was never going to give it to me. And obviously being a very intelligent man that he is, he, he decided <laughs> he <laughs> the same thing, <laughs> but yeah, it came from that really open, honest communication. Yeah. And I think the more you can do it at the beginning, the best, mm. better. And it's scary. So like, mm. I get it. It's hard to be vulnerable, but that's yeah. why it's so important to have your self-worth where you feel safe within yourself um, because you do risk more by being vulnerable Mm. but you also benefit like a thousand times more by being vulnerable yeah exactly it is really hard and I think we do find it hard to open up but if we never do then we'll never give us give ourselves a chance of feeling love so if every human was just closed off like we could all easily be closed off from the heartbreak that we've experienced from all the times that people have done us wrong it's so easy for us as humans just to close off close off our emotions but I think it's so much more beautiful when people can have all that stuff happen to them but still stay soft and still stay compassionate and open to receiving that love because they know that's what they deserve and that everything else other people have done to them was nothing about them in the first place and I think when I learned that that's when it all changed for me that the hurt that people have put on me in the past was nothing to do with me it was because they haven't healed and they're projecting that onto me yeah so I think that's a big game changer as well yeah definitely I feel like you can't experience true love and truly being seen unless you are vulnerable Mm. and you know this is also like everyone says this all the time but rejection is redirection like someone someone saying no to you is you getting I always say this to my clients like a no is a good thing it's the same with like business or anything else like when someone says no to you it means that you're that much closer to the yes so don't be scared of it like 
it's it's part of the process and you know it goes against human nature like you know we are tribal animals so we fear rejection like that used to mean death when we were cavemen but it doesn't anymore and knowing that someone might reject you but you're going to be okay and that means you're going to get one step closer to the right person is super empowering and also more importantly what you're saying is that and like this is an exercise I did with my client one because she she had a lot of fear around rejection mm. and I said like what are you making it mean about you and we like discussed it and she journaled on it and she was like she was making it mean that she wasn't enough and I was like but what could it, what does it actually mean like if you just take your feelings aside and she was like that they weren't interested mm. like it's about them it's not about you yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And you spoke earlier about anxious attachment style. And I just like to delve, obviously, we won't be able to talk about everything. But could you just tell us about the different attachment styles and how they will affect dating? Totally. I'll give like, I will try and make this as succinct as possible, because (laughs) there's a whole lot to it. Yeah. Um, But essentially, um, attachment styles are so I'm trying to think how I can do this quickly. So basically in the 1950s, um, they discovered that basically human babies have a need to attach to another human. So usually our parents, our main caregivers, um, and this is because otherwise we would die. So we literally need to form attachments to survive when we're an infant. Now, obviously, as we grow up, we start to form other attachments. And one of these other attachments is that attachment with your romantic partner. And throughout kind of these studies that they've done on toddlers and infants, they've identified kind of three three to four key attachment styles. So with these attachment styles, this is how you relate to your significant other. It can also be how you relate to your parents still. It could also be how you relate to your friends. Like you can have these, any any attachments you have, i.e. any relationship you have with the person, you can have these attachment styles within it. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. So the four key attachment styles are the secure attachment style. So this is someone who has high self-esteem. This is someone who's secure in themselves, has good self-worth. They are very good communicators. They are um, calm. They know their worth in relationships. You know, they're the sort of, of friend you have who, um, you know, never worries about what their partner is doing, totally trusts them, never feels insecure. Um, they don't check their phone a lot. They live a quite balanced lifestyle. And they also know that if their relationship with their partner doesn't work out, that they're more than likely going to meet someone else. Um, so they're great communicator, super calm, um, super secure, basically, does what it says on the tin. Um, and this, you know, this can often come from having that really secure attachment style with your parents in your early years. So learning that you're very safe um, and it's safe to form attachments. And if you you cry, someone will come. And if you need someone, you have people to rely on. So they have a very sort of like secure base of uh, relationships. Um, then you have two different sort of, well, kind of two to three different sorts of insecure attachment styles. So the first one is the anxious attachment style. So that's what I mentioned earlier. So an an anxious attachment style is essentially someone who feels quite insecure in their relationships. Um, They might play games in their relationships, try to make people jealous, but 
their primary goal is reassurance. Their primary goal, goal is always to feel close to their partner because they feel insecure in themselves. They always want reassurance and to, to feel close to their partner. So I mentioned that that is something that I have. And I always like to say it's a spectrum because you can move between attachment styles and you can have different attachment styles and different relationships. But if you think about, you know, the anxious data that we are talking about, they worry a lot about where the relationship is going. They, um, you know, they become very preoccupied. They, they play games and they engage in what we call protest behavior, which is basically uh, behavior in order to establish closeness. So like their primary goal is to feel close to that person and to get reassurance. So that could be excessively calling them. It could even be like, you know, maybe you've experienced this I've definitely done this even you know in my relationship now when I've been triggered into my anxious attachment style even causing like a problem Mm -hmm. in order to be like you know get that closeness back again now that's something I've worked on like I have help um working on that as well and I've grown so much from the inner work but if you have those anxious tendencies they can still come up time to time so it's nothing to beat yourself up about it's just something to be aware of And then you have the um, insecure avoidant attachment styles. Now, these are people who are, you know, they believe that it's not safe to be close to someone. They fear vulnerability. They've learned from their experiences that being independent is the most important thing. So where an anxious attachment style wants to be close, they need a lot of personal space. They need to be able to process things they're really scared to be vulnerable the thought of someone depending on them or needing them is very overwhelming um and then the final one is kind of a combination so the disorganized attachment style is kind of if you've got a combination of anxious and avoidance so you might be very hot and cold you might really want reassurance one minute and then suddenly like not be interested in it at all and want want loads of space um it's yeah it's almost like you flick between the anxious type and the avoidant type um I think that is everything to say on (laughs) those pieces I guess how it shows up in dating so secure attachment good communicators happy to say what they want you know they don't worry a lot about meeting someone they trust that it's going to happen they're secure in themselves anxious daters you know checking their phone a lot very preoccupied wanting to get close to people maybe you know posting um instagram stories to make people jealous like maybe more playing games but again with that intention to bring someone closer and then avoidant you might avoid dating altogether or you might let someone in and then suddenly decide you don't like them anymore because that feels too scary and like you need your independence so that's kind of how it can show up um I think one final thing that I just think is really important to say is when you are an anxious attachment style, because you're used to kind of fighting for that reassurance, you are often very, very attracted to the avoidant attachment style mm-hmm. and vice versa. They, they have a pull together because of the chemistry, because they're very up and down relationships. So if you can imagine one person, like I'm like doing hand gestures, but I know you can't see <laughs> If you imagine one person wanting to cling on to the other person, the other pulling away, it creates almost this like hot and cold, like exciting tornado, which can sometimes feel like passion and chemistry and romance. So it can be really bringing, you know, it can be really like wanting, wanting that other person, but it's something to just be mindful of because 
that will trigger you more it's easier to have a healthy relationship with someone who has that secure standpoint and sometimes that can feel a little bit you know boring and a little bit calm especially if you're used to you know in your childhood ups and downs or even in your early romantic relationships like in my case I was used to fighting for someone's attention so you know I was used to like that up and downness so moving with someone secure has definitely helped me improve my kind of anxious tendencies but it also can sometimes feel strange if you're used to that kind of hot and cold passionate up and down chemistry yeah that is really interesting and thank you for sharing that and I think a lot of us might be able to relate in terms of past relationships or even relationships we're in now where it is very up and down and that can often be mistaken for is love and in my past relationships I thought I was in love but it was literally what you were speaking about in terms of the you know the up and downness the hot and cold you think it's passion and when you'd make up it you'd be the best thing ever but there's no security in that and it's just you you're constantly fighting for their attention their loyalty and those are different things and looking back now after how much I've learned and I've healed it's just it's crazy how like what what I put up with in the past but when you're in that situation it is harder to see um in that with that subjectivity obviously from an objective standpoint if you were looking at that you just be like get out now but obviously you learn from these situations don't you and that's why like you said, like, I don't regret, like, the things I've been through, although I wish I could just shout at my younger self and just shake her sometimes. (laughs) Totally. So, we're, like, I could speak to you for ages. I know. (laughs) Not sure how long you have. The problem is, I just can't stop once I start (laughs) because I'm so passionate about it I'm literally like oh well just one more thing like let me tell you this (laughs) no that's amazing I'll definitely have to have you on again I think we'll finish off with two more quick questions if that's okay um so in terms of manifesting love is that possible like have you spoken to clients before who wanted to manifest love like what's your standpoint on that and your experience of that so 100% it's possible. I always say to my boyfriend that I manifested. Really? <laughs> yeah, he was oh literally, god. oh my god, it's so funny. I literally say it to him and he's like, well, what was I doing? And I was like, you, you were manifesting too, you just didn't realise it. <laughs> <laughs> but like genuinely for years I was um, manifesting, I guess, because the first sort of like beyond doing psychology at uni, the first thing that I read on my self-development journey was the secret which is obviously like the bible of law of attraction manifesting and then obviously like I said the thing I wanted was a boyfriend so all my energy was put into manifesting and it took a lot of dating some Mm. questionable people in between (laughs) but we got there in the end um and actually I um so yes, 100% I think it's possible. And I think the first step is getting really, really clear mm. on what you want. Like, how do you want to feel in a relationship? Like, who do you want this person to be? What sort of story do you want to have with this person? Like, what's important to you about your relationship? And I did a exercise called future scripting, which I'm sure you know what that is. Mm. Um, but basically it's about like journaling 
journaling um as in as though you're in the future so like I'm so happy and grateful for um but this specific exercise which I'm just going to tell everyone to do because if you're looking to manifest love write a letter to your best friend you don't send it as though you've just met your dream person and describe them this shit works okay and I did this and after a few drinks maybe like a year ago I brought it out and I was like, let me just read this to you. My boyfriend's oh my like, God. oh my God, what are you doing? <laughs> so I was like, no, you need to hear this. And he is like the biggest manifesting skeptic. Really? And he was like, shit, that was scary. Like it, you know, it was down to like his physical appearance. But anyway, that's not the most impor- important thing. Yeah. The important thing is how do you want to feel? And then start becoming that person that attracts in that relationship like what does she think about herself what does she think about love what does she think about dating what does she think about relationships like the person who's madly in love with her partner doesn't look at other couples and feel jealous she looks at other couples and thinks fuck yes like they have it too Mm -hmm. and how can you start like forcing that thought in like even Mm -hmm. though it might not feel natural um at some times it's about retraining your subconscious um really like identifying those limiting beliefs those thoughts that are not in alignment with that version of yourself that attracts your soulmate and you know even an exercise I do is to say like when I say dating is what's the first thing that comes into mind when I say like men are what's the first thing that comes into mind Mm. and you know you won't be thinking all men are shit if you have a great boyfriend Mm. so how can you start to like retrain your brain to think as though the person the person who already has that relationship you desire like that's manifesting that's the acting as if part making space for it making time for it in your life like you you know you can't you can't create something and then taking action I feel like that's a massive one as well like you know go on dates meet new people go to new classes have new experiences like I met my partner in New York and I think the reason why I did we I both were doing this program lived out there for a year is because I put myself in a situation where I was going to meet a load of new people plus Mm. I was you know feeling really worthy plus I had positive beliefs about dating relationships and I'd been doing some of the more woo-woo manifesting stuff as well. So <laughs> it's 100% possible. Um, yeah, I've actually got a masterclass on it if it's available on demand if anyone's interested. And it kind of guides you through six steps to, to doing that and, and actually achieving that. Um, but yeah, so yes, to all the doubters, I manifested my boyfriend. So it does work. <laughs> I absolutely love that story that is so good and I just I was so like tuned in with that story I just love that so for anyone listening you can manifest a boyfriend (laughs) and the thing is it's one of the things that people are like they always think like I it didn't even cross my mind because I was so wanting a boyfriend (laughs) not even a boyfriend that makes it sound so much less than what I wanted I wanted love Mm. and I wanted a love story and I wanted a soulmate but you know some people think oh my god but are they going to think it's lame that I've done all this manifesting like no because you're going to manifest someone who loves you just the way you are (laughs) so (laughs) yeah so don't be scared to get out your journals and to yeah reflect on it and to you know visualize it and to do all of those things Mm -hmm. 
and have fun with it like that's the biggest thing like you know if you know you're going to meet your soulmate in six months time and you believe you're going to meet your soulmate in six months time how would you feel act like that do that Mm. what would you do do that Mm. it's so it's actually really funny because I don't think my boyfriend knows this but before I met (laughs) him I wrote a list of all the attributes that I want like a future boyfriend to have and I literally had it like pinned up on my wall and then when people would come around I'd like take it off I'd be like oh no one can see that like when my friends would come around and stuff I was like that's like quite embarrassing but like because I've been into journaling now for so long like it just felt like and I've read about it um like about manifesting like a future partner I wrote down like a list I'd say about 15 things and they were like mostly things on the inside but they were also like outside attributes and my boyfriend pretty much matches up to that see I'm telling <laughs> you this shit works <laughs> I wrote like I want him to be like adventurous outgoing yeah. kind loyal and like he's all those things like yeah you know it's just crazy and like a family person like he is and it's just yeah. and like I think when you recognize what you really want and if someone doesn't doesn't fit that that's not it's not their fault and it's not your fault they're just not for you and yeah I think when you know yourself you can write down you know what you want in someone else and you can find someone that fits you because everyone's so different and we're all looking for different things so it is out there and I think it is possible totally and like what you're saying there about like writing down those qualities yeah once you've done that like you know ambition like was one for me adventurous again was one for me like once you start writing those then you can think like how can I be more like those qualities Mm. because law of attraction is like attracts like Mm. so you want an um, you know you want an adventurous boyfriend then he probably wants an adventurous girlfriend too so start being more adventurous be like uh, anyway I could do a whole (laughs) (laughs) you've done it I've done it it's proof (laughs) I've loved I've loved how yeah exactly and you you've 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 heard it here you've seen it here um so Pip anyone who wants to reach out to Pippa for any advice or anyone's one coaching she has amazing testimonials and amazing client feedback and obviously you said about your masterclass so I'll put your username in the description so people can find you straight away but I just want to say thank you so much for coming on I've really really enjoyed this chat no thank you it's honestly been so much fun so thanks so much for having me it's okay you're more than welcome to join me again I think we could speak about a lot of things for a while (laughs) I know I know I'm glad we're like stopping now but we we can yeah we could definitely do a whole other one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much for joining me I'll speak to you soon take care bye bye